Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to, to come together, Father, and to fellowship, but to worship you, to hear your word, Father. I pray now that everything done and said today will be to the upbuilding of your kingdom. Father, we pray that this word will go to the ends of the earth, and we give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Um, I'm still in the reruns, and you, so you probably heard it, but I'm going to tell it anyway. And I think this one was censored a little bit, but I'm going to tell it anyway because it's, it's old now. So uh, little boys went into the uh, pharmacy, an 8-year-old and a 4-year-old. An 8-year-old picked up a box of feminine products and marched to the front, and he set it on the counter. And the pharmacist kind of noticed what was going on, and so he, he eased over and spoke to the little boy, and he said, Hey, buddy, you know what those things are for? And he said, well, no, sir, not really. But on the TV, it says if you use these, you can ride your bike, you can swim, and you can play ball. And my little brother can't do any of those. <clears throat> um, man, let me tell you, it, it's, I am, I don't know why, but I had seemed to like I live my sermons more and more. And I, I try not to talk about it because it seems like I'm being attacked all week. And then I'm like, oh, no, that's really... That's really what I'm supposed to be preaching about. So, so what we're going to talk about this week it has been, it's been on me. It's been, a, it's been a struggle. And if I can keep Crystal from saying amen a whole bunch of times, I will be doing great. Um, she's usually not very loud, but she will enjoy this, I think. Uh, so if you will, uh, turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. That's way back there, right? Between Ezra and Esther, if that helps you. Nehemiah. <clears throat> Uh, in chapter 8 and, and verse 10, and, and what has happened is, is Nehemiah is the king, and, and Ezra is, he's come in, and he's read the law, and he's talked to the people, and, and everybody's kind of got, you know, they've been listening to God's word, and, and in verse 10, Nehemiah says, go and enjoy choice drink, choice food, and sweet drink, and send some to those who have nothing prepared, for this day is holy to our Lord, for do not grieve. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. So our, our title today is Strong Joy. For the joy of the Lord is your strength. And now we, we, have a, we have a bad habit. Wait a minute. We, I have a bad habit of when things are going poorly around me or if there's stuff going on or, you know, day-to-day -day, kids, wife, job, stress, that I let my joy get tarnished pretty easy. In fact, I sometimes get a little sour. And I don't like being sour. I'm a jokester. I like talking and laughing and cutting up. But sometimes I get sour. Now, I know y'all don't. I know y'all live without being sour, so I'm preaching to me. And if there's a little piece of this somewhere you gathered, and good for you. But really and truly, a Christian... A, a, a child of God, a follower of Christ, should not appear to be miserable in every situation. You should not. I know that's hard. And then here again, it's, it's not y'all. Y'all all seem very happy and chipper and smiling and wonderful, and that's great. But really, if you want to be a witness, and if you want to be a witness for, for the kingdom of God... It's not a very good commercial if you seem to be pretty miserable in your day-to-day -day life. It's not giving you a real good opportunity to witness to people. 
You know, Granddaddy used to say that most Christians looked like they gargled with lemon juice, right? They had a, a sour-looking face. But the Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Now, this is not the joy of your team winning. It's not the joy of getting a raise. It's not the joy of everything going your way. It's God's joy, and it's knowing that we belong, and we belong to him, and that we're children of God. And Jesus said, yeah, I want your joy to be full. I don't know how many times my joy has been full. I mean, y'all ever had full joy? Like you just couldn't be any, any more joyful? You couldn't be happier if you tried? I mean, you know, the day you got married... Maybe the day your kids are born, for the men, not the women. Y'all didn't necessarily have that great a day when your kids were born as a whole. But do you remember like when your joy was full? Like, man, it, it just can't get any better than this. As Christians, we should walk around with our joy being full. In fact, it's one of the fruit of the Spirit. If we're plugged into the vine and we're producing that fruit, it's love and then joy. And really... It's hard to love without a little bit of joy, right? You can't, I love you a lot. That is not how you say it, right? You say it with a smile. That joy is imperative. I, I, when we were in Jamaica, I know I talked about Jamaica last week. When we were in Jamaica, there was a guy there that had the fruit of the Spirit down in front of the shirt. I have looked for that shirt. I can't find it. But it had them all listed out on the front of the shirt. It was a pretty cool shirt. But joy is, is really, really, really important to us. It's important to your family. It's important to your friends. I mean, y'all all know somebody that, man, you would kind of like to hang around with them, but every time you talk to them, they are absolutely pitiful and miserable. You know? Yeah, oh my, yeah. You'd like to call them on the phone and talk to them, but, oh, how's your day going? Well, it's terrible. I've done this, and they did that, and I can't get anybody to show up for work, and nobody wants to do anything. Do you like talking to people that talk like that? I mean, sometimes it's, it's kind of funny that you know what it's going to sound like, right? You, well, let's hear it. But it's a trap to fall into, right? It's a trap of the enemy. It, it's an opportunity to tear down something that God is giving to you. And when you look at it as it is a gift of God, the joy of your heart and, and the peace in your heart, it is a gift of God. And so when we give it away, the enemy is really winning. And it don't look like it necessarily. I mean, right? It, it's, I mean, you got a nice house and a nice job and a, and a decent looking wife, beautiful wife, and some good kids for the most part, and everything goes in the right direction. And it don't look like you're losing. But the outward appearance somebody forgot to tell your face you know what I mean like everything's going in the right direction and somebody forgot to tell your face and some people say that well, that's just how my face looks well maybe we should try harder to smile a little bit the, the, the joy from God is eternal and it's a gift for you to tote around with you every day. And a smile that is the outward look of joy is something that you can give to people freely. And a lot of times, as long as you don't look too weird, they will give it back. 
If you want to see more people smiling, maybe you should smile more. You know, it's, it's real tough um, when you're in this situation, right? It, it's because, what did they say? The days are long, but the years are short. And, and you get so wound up on what's going on with what's going on at work and what's going on in the family and what's going on with the kids and what's going on at the church and why ain't nobody coming and why ain't nobody doing this and I done told them we need to do this different and, you know, all the things, right? But why exactly are you not happy? Why exactly are we not joyful? We live in the best country in the world. We live at one of the greatest times in, time, in all of times and we have all of the conveniences that you can imagine, Right? I mean, I talked last week about when, when I, Chris and Emma about how Granddaddy had set the water so long and then you didn't have any heat in the church and the water was so cold, the little kid tried to jump out of his arm. I mean, any of y'all cold this morning? I mean, you might have been when you got here, but you still cold? You can't still be cold. It's hot. <laughs> Ain't no rain dripping on our head, right? I mean, all of y'all drove here in cars. I don't think anybody, like, pedaled a bicycle or walked or rode their horse. I mean, right? We, I would imagine most of your cars have heating and air and radios and everything else. I mean, we have all of the conveniences that, that people can have. I mean, all of you probably have bathrooms inside your house and lights that flip on and off. I mean, things that not so long ago was, that was a luxury that we all have. And yet, as we grow, it seems to me that we get less joyful because if you look back, right, I mean, they always talked about how fun it was, and they were wonderful, and they'd go to the square dance, and they'd go to this, and they'd go to that, and everybody seemed pretty happy. And nowadays, we have face page and Instagram and snap tweets and, and TikToks and all the stuff, and then we can see how happy everybody else is, and then we don't seem so happy anymore. Because we are co constantly comparing our life to other people's lives, and by the way, they are lying they are lying. It's not real. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. If you ever seen our beach pictures, how wonderful and happy everybody looked in those beach pictures, if it had to be a one-minute video, you would know that is a lie. <laughs> it is a lie. Jennifer will attest. We are not that happy as a group. We're not. We are much more happy when it's over than we are to when we are standing there taking the picture. The joy that is on our face in those pictures is mama threatening us. You will get nothing for Christmas unless you smile in my beach picture. <laughs> What's Jerry Clower say? If I'm lying, I'm dying. <laughs> we have all of these false ideas of what pe how other people are so happy and have it so good that we are somehow managed to keep ourselves unhappy and without joy when we literally are incredibly blessed, and if we had nothing else, how are we not happy with salvation, knowing that our time here is short, and our future is forever, and we're going to be in the kingdom of God? How, how can we not be happy looking forward to that? I mean, Paul and them were, would be beaten and, and tortured and chained to the wall and be singing praise and worship. And we driving around in luxury cars and have all the best stuff and sour as sour can get. There's a us problem, a me, there's a me problem. There's a me problem looking for the next best thing. 
We had a fantastic dinner last night. Food was excellent. Fellowship was excellent. I went home. Man, if we had just had 25 more people show up. <clears throat> That's how your joy is stolen. It's never quite enough. <clears throat> Philip and I have had um, numerous trips out to Arkansas to duck hunt over the years. And this year, it's been a horrible year. And we went and killed 43 ducks. Our group killed 43 ducks in three days. And I was disappointed. Why exactly? <clears throat> See, every chance the enemy gets to steal your joy... He just keeps you in, at bay. Because when you're joyful and happy, then, then you want to tell everybody about it. And you want to tell everybody about how wonderful God is and how awesome your life is and how they need some Jesus because you got some Jesus and that separated me. and it, it restores my soul and he feeds me and he ministers to me and he builds me up and he helps me. But if you're mad or <clears throat> sad or upset, you're not telling people that. You start talking about the things that are going wrong. And, and, and in my business, it's always one or two things, right? Both of my businesses. Well, no, just one of my businesses. We either don't have enough work or we have more work than we can fathom to think about how we're going to finish. There is no, never seems to be plumb. You know, just nice and smooth. Maybe that's our perception. Maybe we... Need to stretch a little more and be happy when we're overworked. Same thing with the church, right? There's either not enough folks, and they tell me that there's a place to where you have too many people and then you have to have two services. I've never been on that side of the bubble. I used to count, <clears throat> right? I used to count every Sunday how many people were here. Actually, Granddaddy made me do it in the old building, right? Long, long time ago, we had a planner that sat in the sound booth and every week one of my jobs was to count all the people and write down for granddaddy how many people were at church because he kept up with it and I kept up with it for a while in here and one day I was praying before church and I was talking to God about <clears throat> growth and he said why exactly are you counting uh, see if we're doing good see if we're going in the right direction make sure we're preaching your word, and that has something to do with how many people show up? Mm, not necessarily. I mean, you would think, you would hope that if we're doing a good job, that more people would want to show up. <clears throat> he told me to quit counting, so I don't count anymore. I have no idea how many people were here last week, or the week before that, or the week before that. <clears throat> All right. Joy. We are joyful. <clears throat> Proverbs. There's always something, there's always a gem in Proverbs, right? No matter what sermon you're preaching, we can always go to Proverbs and find something fantastic. Uh, Proverbs 17, <clears throat> and verse 22. For a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. <clears throat> that, that right there. That right there, a cheerful heart is good medicine. And you, you think about, like I think about the folks that I know, we talked about it this morning, right? Uh, me and Mr. Bill and um, Mr. Michael, we talked about 
um, folks that, that confessed stuff negatively over their life and, and, and got what they thought. And then I always think about Miss Elsie, right? Miss Elsie it seems to be the happiest, kindest, politest, sweetest, joyfulest lady that we got. And she's a hundred. And then I think about all the other folks that I know that died much younger than that, and they were not near as happy or joyful or polite or kind. And it, it, it's, it's something to that. But a cheerful heart is good medicine. So not only does it, are you a better example to the people who are around you, it's actually good for your body. It is actually healthy for you to be happy. Now, not drunk and stupid, to be happy, to be joyful with the situation that we have in, to always looking for the silver lining, right? You know, there are people that do that, right? No matter how bad the situation, they can always find one thing. This, man, this just, this is the best, right? And I have a hard time with that. I can sometimes be surrounded with silver linings and find the one little black hole in the middle of it. And I know none of y'all do that. I, I get it. I understand. But it is a horrible personality flaw that I'm praying we're going to fix. And God's going to help save me from this. That when we are in situations that where we put ourselves in, that we start looking for the good. We start looking for the good in people. We start looking for the good in the situation. We start looking for the opportunities. <clears throat> as we grow as Christians, well, James says to count it all joy, all joy, when you fall into different kinds of temptations, to count it as pure joy, to be happy when things start coming against you. To be happy that you are doing exactly what God called you to do when there is stuff around you. Last week we talked about how God was our rock and our shield and our secret hiding place. That we may be surrounded, but we will not be crushed. But to count it as pure joy, pure joy when we fall into different kinds of temptations. With different kinds of attacks. Different kinds of trials. To count it as pure joy. Now let me tell you. Anybody in here, and I want you to be honest, but I want you to raise your hand. Anybody in here ever feel like pure joy when stuff starts attacking you? Okay, I didn't think you did, but I was just making sure you was awake. But that's the Christian mentality, that we are to count it all joy when we fall into all kinds of different temptations. Not all joy when everything is going great. Not all joy when everything is just hunky-dory. We are supposed to walk around knowing that the joy of the Lord is our strength. That he wants our joy to be full. And as ambassadors of Christ, which is what we are, we are a much better ambassador with a smile on our face and a heart full of joy than we are with a mouthful of lemons and have a bitter spirit. <clears throat> you ever met anybody that was really good in sales? Like really good in sales. Like somebody who just made it, you wanted to buy whatever they had. When they say you could sell ice cubes to Eskimos, I think is the, is the way they say it, right? Did any of those people ever seem to be like rude and disgusting and mad and sour? No. Good salesmen make you think that they're your best friend in the whole world. That they are so happy to see you. You made their whole day when you sh showed up. And then, all of a sudden, they bring you right in and you want to go, 
what are you selling? Because I want to buy all of that, friend. You just seem so nice. But us as Christians, we can walk around busted and disgusted and sour and go, you need some Jesus. I ain't a very good salesman. I ain't a very good ambassador. And look, I mean, it's me. It's me. It's not you. It's me. It's, it's my opportunity for growth. It's my opportunity to say, hey, you know what, God? You're absolutely right. That, that the joy of the Lord is my strength. It is the number one best thing I got going on in my life is my salvation and the joy knowing that you are God and I am one of yours. And it don't make no difference if nothing else takes place. It doesn't matter if the enemy comes at me in every direction possible that I stand in faith knowing that you love me, then you will never leave me, you will never forsake me, and I am joyful for it. That's a bold statement. But that's where we're at. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Um... Let, let's turn to Psalms since we're right here close to this part. <clears throat> Psalms 5. Oh, it's all the way back at the beginning of Psalms. Psalms 5 is another King David. Psalms 5:11. But let all who take refuge in you be glad, and let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them that those who love your name may rejoice in you. And surely the Lord, surely Lord, you will bless the righteous and you will surround them with your favors as with a shield. That is a fantastic statement. That we are to sing for joy. Now I would like for us one week to show up on time, ready to go, and everybody stand and loudly sing with joy in our heart. That's not easy. You, I, you know, I've, I've been preaching now for five years and a little bit, and, and, and I've, I don't know why, but my brain goes back to old sermons, and I can think about little quibs here and there. And, and one time I, I preached a sermon on how the sower went out to sow, Right? The, the, the seed had to be on, on ground. And in that sermon, I used the example that the praise and worship part was plowing. Right? If you, was gonna, if you were going to plant seed, that praise and worship part, that's plowing. That's getting your heart ready. That's, that's expressing the joy in your heart to God. That's worshiping Him and fellowship with Him and preparing the soil to be, to be ready to go. Nice and joyful. And smooth and level and straight and perfect, you know, exactly how God wants it to. To be able to receive his word into your heart. Joyfully. Joyful. <laughs> and sometimes we sing this <clears throat> and we mumble and we and we not we not really joyful. And and look, look, it, it it's it's me. We have to come to the place to where we understand who we are and understand that the, one of the weapons that we have is this joy. That no matter what's going on around us, that this joy 
And it, you know people, and then they light up the room, right? They walk in, and they always got a joke, and they always got something funny, and they always talk to everybody, and they will make everybody feel at home, and that joy is just overwhelming, right? As Christians, we should be that person. And I know, you know, like, well, my personality, I don't, I don't really like talking to people. I don't really like bothering with people. I don't, want, I don't care if they don't like me. This is who I am, and I'm going to act like who I am. That was who you were before you got saved, because the Bible says that you are now a new creation, and that creation is made in the image of God, and that he says that the joy of the Lord is our strength, and that we are ambassadors and children of God, and that we are being molded and renewed our mind into lining up with what God's Word says about us. And if you use the crutch that that's just how I am, you are cutting God short. God is the potter. You are the clay. You started out of who you were. You are a new creation. And the joy of the Lord is supposed to be your strength. So if you have been sour or upset or disappointed, <clears throat> that's done. <clears throat> it's time for that to end. Spring is upon us. It is time for new growth. It is time for everything to bud and bloom and start to develop into the new year. Right? I, I don't, I always think the new year should be like March the 1st, right? Because January and February looks a whole lot like the dead last year, right? And it's still pretty nasty. But boy, when March comes, and the rain comes, and the warm temperatures come, and the bees get to doing the pollen, and the birds are chirping, and the flowers are blooming, man, that is a fantastic time to be alive, minus the pollen. But, I mean, it is a fantastic time to be alive. The grass is green and the sun is pretty and everything is great. So as we enter the spring, I got a challenge for you. If you have walked around being unhappy and disappointed and mad and upset at whatever reason, whatever reason, your football team's terrible, your teacher ain't nice, your spouse ain't been nice to you. Your boss ain't nice. I don't care. I don't care. I drive an old beat-up car. I don't care. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And I'm going to tell you, if you start acting like the joy of the Lord is your strength and you walk in with that smile and that understanding that my happiness comes from God and not from any of you, the people around you all of a sudden will be nicer to you. They will be happy to see you. Granddaddy said everybody used to make him happy. Some was happy when they come and some was happy when they left. I don't want to be part of the happy when they left group. I want to be happy when I come group. I want to be able to represent God to the best of my ability. To be able to use this as the witness that we're supposed to be. So, I am working on me to be better to be more joyful, to be happier, to move forward as we go into spring, to be a better ambassador of Christ, to be a better representation of what it is for my joy to be full. Jesus said in John that you haven't asked anything in my name, but I want you to do it, and I want your joy to be full. 
<clears throat> so, Lord, I'm asking in your name, I want our joy to be full. All the way to the top. So happy we annoying. That's what I want to be. I want to smile so much that people are worried about what's going on with me. Like I know something they don't know. I do. God loves me no matter what. <clears throat> Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for your word. We thank you that it has gone forth and it will not return void. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your help and your development in us. And we give you praise and honor and glory for it in Jesus' most precious name. Amen.